Film Trauma Podcast, and I am your host, Rick, and I spend way too much goddamn money on Blu-rays. I would scroll through Reddit and Instagram and Facebook groups, and I would see these amazing collections of boutique Blu-ray releases on shelfies, and I would feel green with envy and red with rage that I didn't own and couldn't beat every single collection that I saw. And I just, I, I collected so much that I got caught up in it. And I, and I forgot the most important part of being a movie lover, which is enjoying the movies that I bought. So I've decided to stop buying and start watching. And I'm going to use this podcast as a platform to talk about every single movie on my shelf. I'm going to watch them all. And today I've picked two great movies that I haven't seen that I was really excited about. Um, I do have a region for free player, and I picked up an 88 Films release, the Italian collection, Umberto Lenzi's Eyeball, a blinding vision of horror. And I was really looking forward to this for a long time. I have a copy of the Art of the Bee movie poster. And the, the cover for the eyeball, the artwork, is on the front of the, of the book. And I've read a lot about this movie, and the back of the box sounds amazing. It sounds really intriguing. From the back of the Blu-ray, released in 1975, Eyeball might just be the late, great Umberto Lenzi's greatest giallo. Gruesome and grueling, this torrid tale of a black-gloved killer with a fetish for plucking out the peepers of his unlucky victims is a personal favorite of Pulp Fiction genius Quentin Tarantino, and it is easy to see why. Boasting plenty of bloodshed and some beautiful Catalonian locations, Eyeball is a murder mystery that stands up to the best of Mario Bava and Dario Argento, and, with its messy arterial mayhem, even anticipates the later excess of such American slasher staples as... Friday the 13th, dare you to open your eyes to eyeball. Dare you open your eyes eyeball. This essential Italian terror totem is finally available in horrifying HD thanks to the bloody count body count kings at 88 films. Um, first of all, the killer wears red gloves. The killer it doesn't have black gloves at all, and um, which is... I mean, it is kind of a big deal, only in that um, the way that the killer obtains the costume in the film, um, everyone wears the costume, which is kind of a clever thing. You know, you have basically the setup of the film is an eyeball. It's a bunch of tourists and they're and they're touring um, Rome, Italy, and they're like the most like, miserable fucks ever, right? They're on this tour group. Everybody hates each other. You've got beautiful women, and they're all, you know, and, 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 and the couple that is annoyed with each other, and the, the husband is annoying the hell out of the wife. And they go, and they go all these wonderful places, and they see all these wonderful sights. And there's a great sequence with when they go through the fun house, and it's a really cool scene of um, the, the woman's on a train, a little a train car, you know, being pulled through the through the fun house, the house of horrors, and some great uh, paper mache witches, and some cool effects, and some lighting. And they all wear this, uh, like this very thin, uh, transparent plastic raincoat. And they start getting plucked, uh, eyeballs plucked out one by one, picked off one by one, everyone from the group. Um, and the, and, you know, since everyone is wearing the, the costume, 
the killer appearing in that and makes you wonder like, who who could it be. So it's a set of a standard um, detective thriller, I guess, um, with a detective trying to figure out who could it be, what is their motive, and all this. And I think the problem, my only problem with this movie, I, I didn't really enjoy it that much. I thought some of it was was cool. It was okay. It was very low budget. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm seeing it now in my 40s. If I would have seen it when I was younger, I might have had a better appreciation for it. But I didn't grow up with this film. I didn't see it, you know early on so I didn't think it was that great um, I do I really quite enjoy Umberto Lenzi a lot I think he's severely underrated and there's a there's a feature a uh, uh, feature length documentary about the career of Lenzi on this disc that I actually found more enjoyable than the film sorry but I did I, th- I thought it had some good insights into his career um, there are some good moments but I think overall it's a very low budget. the 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 low budgetness, um, the cheapness of this movie, I think, is a hindrance to it. And I think that um, I don't know it. I, I was hoping for a little bit more. I was hoping it was it was a little sloppy, it was a little messy, and I don't know. I I'll I definitely watch it again. I won't say that I disliked the movie at all. I just didn't enjoy it as much as I hoped I would, unfortunately. But um, I did learn about a lot about Umberto Lenzi from the documentary, which was nice, which makes me appreciate the film even more. And he is considered an exploitation guy, making lots of different films. Um, and I don't know, like, yeah, it's hard to, it's really hard to dislike a giallo for me. I always find something good about it. But I think that the, the things that I don't like about it are sort of like the soap opera melodramas that, that bog down the film and sort of these missed opportunities for creative shots and not even necessarily even lighting, but just these, these great locations and that they don't quite utilize and these beautiful women, beautiful actors and situations they don't kind of capitalize on and it could be lack of time lack of creativity i don't know really what it is but i'm not going to sit here and 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 pick and pick and pick and pretend like it's citizen kane or anything like that but um yeah you know you see 5 10 20 50 giallo and you start to see kind of a pattern and all this stuff but it's interesting to me the detective trope part of the story is is widely universal in a lot of these films, you know, and coming coming fresh off of the televised terror box set that I watched, it reminded me a lot of that. Um, the detectives working backwards to solve the crime before the killer kills again, um, which can be thrilling, it can be interesting, but it's really heavy. It's a really heavy theme in these giallo, and not necessarily a bad thing, but you get to the point where you watch enough of them and it gets a little tiresome. So I think that's why I tend to enjoy Italian horror, supernatural horror, a little a bit more sometimes than the detective thriller giallo. Of course, there are some standouts like uh, Bird of the Crystal Plumage and, you know, whatever else. Um, but I think I prefer Fulci style Italian horror to uh, the, the detective style thriller. At least at least the melodrama. 
you know, if you have films that don't aren't so heavy on the interpersonal melodrama, like uh, the guy's wife is going to leave him and they're trying to save their relationship and all this. And I, I don't know exactly why that is. I think it's just because, like, I think I think now watching these films, the performances of the actors may have been amazing. You know, and sometimes it's performance that 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 can save a, a picture, right? I really want to hear the the, the nuances, the, the the emotion in their voices. And then when a lot of all these Italian films have shot with no audio track, and then they're overdubbed later for for international release. And in some ways, I think I I, can, I don't understand how it didn't affect the quality of the film overall. You know, sometimes it does, and sometimes it adds to it. You know, I think that um. Some of the Fulci films, it doesn't really, it doesn't bug me so much. But you know, when you have zombie, in the, in the beginning opening sequence of zombie with the the barge floating down um, the Hudson River in New York, and yeah, I know you have that that cop with the he probably has an amazing New York accent, you know, and they've overdubbed him with some bland American actor. I think that really has to take away from the overall impact of it. But you know what? That's just nothing you can do. Nothing you can do about that. But I think that um, once you add, like you remove the original language track and then you overdub and you overdub again, you know, you'd overdub in Italian, then you overdub in English. It, it's, you know, copy of a copy of a copy. And especially with something like this, when this 88 films release, you turn on the subtitles and the audio track, the, the subtitles don't even match the English language audio track. There's something being lost in translation there, and I think it gets a little watered down. And it might be a minor detail. It's not something that's going to keep me from enjoying the film. It's just something that I noticed, you know, that as someone who enjoys uh, dissecting films and talking about the subtle nuances of films and how they affect me and how they affect my um, enjoyment of the film and, and how I view it overall, whether it's deemed a classic or not, whether Tarantino or Schmarantino or whoever loved the movie, it doesn't change my opinion of my experience with it, and it shouldn't change yours either. Um, this is just my personal feeling, my, the questions that I'm asking the world, <laughs> the questions that I want to know the answers to. Does it affect? Does it affect the quality of it? Does it affect your experience? I think it does. Um, I think it does, but. Um, overall, um, I really did. I enjoyed a lot of it. There was, the, I think that the the coolest part was this, the killer and then the story of the killer and who the killer was and the motivations of the killer. It was all very interesting to me, and, and I really liked it. Um, a lot, a lot of it worked. A lot of it was good. It just kind of gets mired down and, like I say, in this like heavy melodrama and interpersonal relationships. I didn't really care that much about, but. The detective, I thought he was great. He looked great. You know, just this really handsome, older, he's like 75. You know, his skin is leathery, and he's got white hair, and, you know, he's trying to solve this crime, and he just looks like a slick, tough Italian guy. Loved that guy. Thought he was great. Um, yeah, so that was Eyeball. I definitely recommend, if you don't have a... Uh, uh, a region free player it's worth it to pick one up if you're uh, a collector like I am if you like collecting these get a blu-ray player get a get a region free player or like I don't even know if this is possible I've thought about this before like can you is it possible 
to to reset your your PS your old PS3 you've got laying around. Can you set it to region B? It's a question I've asked for a long time. Remember when I would get them, they ask you what your region is. What's your region when you first set up your PS3, your PS4? You know, can you can you roll it back? Can you somehow hack it to watch a, a, a region free player? I don't know. Maybe you can get one of those uh, disc readers, plug it into your laptop, plug it into your computer, get some uh, software, some hacked software, and uh, unlock your unlock your region code so you can watch these great releases somehow because they're worth it. Um, this wasn't very expensive. I think it, I, I, remember, I don't remember when I picked it up. It was quite a while ago, but um, maybe it was like ten, twelve bucks or something. But I really, I'm gonna look more into the 88 films. I don't have a bunch of these 88 films. This is number 45 in the Italian collection, and the spine of it says that. And uh, now that I know that there's an Italian collection, it's gonna really annoy me if I don't own every single one of these. But that is something that's gonna have to wait. Buying anything is going to have to wait until I make it through the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of films on my shelves. So that's my punishment. That's my punishment. So, and then after that, I decided to watch a film that I picked up a while ago. Um, and probably, geez, 2020 maybe. I picked definitely 2020. I picked this one up which is the uh, Paganini Horror from Severin. Um, I did hear about uh, Luigi Cozzi in the, they mentioned him in the um, Lindsay documentary on the eyeball special features. And I knew that I had a film by him. I was like, oh, I have a movie by him. But um, I know that he, maybe I think he was, I think his he's listed as Louis Coates <laughs> as the director, not Luigi Cozzi, but but I, I I pick this up from time to time and I look at it and I, I'm just I'm in love with the artwork on the front of this cover. Uh, it's this it's this um, the violinist is a skeleton violinist this rotting corpse guy with a playing his violin in a spooky house in the background these bloody music notes pages of, of music sheets flapping and um, a couple with their wind blown windswept hair and the the bloody bow drip blood dripping from the violin bow and and all that. Um, and on the back it says, Pure Entertainment. It's colorful, bizarre, fun for those of us who appreciate Luigi Cozzi's love for cinema. The elusive 80s Italian shocker now on Blu-ray for the first time in America from producer Fabrizio D'Angelis, Zombie, The Beyond, Killer Crocodile, writer-director Luigi, Luigi Cozzi, Contamination, Star Crash, and co-writer Daria Nicolade, Nicolati, Deep Red, Tenabre comes one of the most hard-to-find shockers from Italian horror's greatest decade, when an all-girl rock band records an unpublished song by Niccolò Paganini, the 19th-century composer said to have sold his soul to the devil, they will unleash a skin-tight spandex nightmare of extreme violins, cheesy power ballads, Suspiria-influenced lighting, and outlandish satanic havoc that Quiet Cool calls serious fun. It drips with as much love as it does blood and gore. Um, it does have uh, Donald Pleasance in this. He's looking a little heavy in this one. Maybe because he doesn't have a beard. This is from 88, and this was right around the time he had to have done um, a, a Halloween 4. Had to have been right around that time. Between 4 and 5, anyway. 
uh, as a 2K transfer from the original negative. And I'll tell you what, what a great looking movie. There is some, um, the outtakes, deleted scenes, and an alternate ending that just look terrible. And my God, Severin really did a fantastic job. I think it looks great. My only thing that's disappointing about this is there is no commentary track. I think on Eyeball there is one. I'm sure there is. I didn't even go over the features on Eyeball, but um, there, yeah, there, there, yep. I think there is, there is a commentary track. Yep. Um, by the hysteria continues from on here. Um, and of course, I love the reversible sleeve. Let me see. There, there is not a reversible sleeve because Severin has the the black Blu-ray boxes, which I, I love anyway. Um, but Eyeball does have a reversible sleeve. And Eyeball is also known as, uh, I think it's like the cat in the glass pyramid or something like that. Pyramid of the glass cat, something like that. But um, Paganini Horror. Um, I, I loved it. I really loved this movie. I thought it was preposterous. It was a lot of fun. You know, all, I, I, was just, I was just really bored by Eyeball. The pacing of it was very slow. And the kills were just separated out enough. And what they had to fill in between wasn't enough to keep me that interested for a gialli, um, or giallo, as it were. But Paganini Horror started really strong. A really great opening sequence with this little girl who kills her mother in a bathtub. She, 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 she electrocutes her in a bathtub. It's great. And then this amazing, um, very charming electrical effects where she's being electrocuted that I love. And they repeat it later on in the film, too. Um... And then it goes into this very like, and then there's a it's a very convoluted story about uh, Paganini and he sold the soul to the devil and all this. But um, there's an amazing sequence. It reminds me of a lot of Pod People. Um, with a, I'm sure you've seen Pod. If you're listening to this podcast, you may be familiar with Pod People. Um, that great sequence in the beginning where they're singing that song in the in the recording booth. It stinks, you know, that, that sequence. And it, it kind of reminds me of that, or this uh, Italian. And, and that's where this sort of, it, the disparity in the, the the lyrics and the vocals and the audio track, really, you can see how there's like three different versions of it. I, say, I wonder what gets lost in translation there, the impact of it. But whatever, it's actually a really good song. Really catchy. The soundtrack for Eyeball is amazing. The soundtrack for Paganini Horror is amazing. The movie looks great, Paganini Horror. It's just, it, it, it looks very flimsy. It looks like a very flimsy production. Um, very low budget. Both of them are very low budget films. Paganini Horror especially. He, I mean, the, the killer looks something loud like Phantom of the Opera with a terrible looking mask. His mask is just very clunky. There's nothing subtle or really remotely creepy about any of it. And like the, some of the, the blood and the gore effects are amazing. They're really awesome. I think because of how chinsily done they are, they they look they look great. And I can you know, there's very few times in a movie where I'm very where I'm verbal and vocal. Nothing nothing much really gets me to go oh yeah you know or shout from the couch and and cheer and all that. Not very many things inspire that level of enthusiasm from me anymore. But there's several scenes in Paganini Horror that did. And I was cheering from my couch with my coffee in my hand. like Afraid I was going to spill it. I, was, I enjoyed it so thoroughly. 
that being said, the performances are bad. You know, the women look great. The cast looks great. There's just so much fluff and filler, and it, it, the the lighting, of course, looks great. But the the special effects, the blood and the blood on the floor, the mold or whatever that there there's like some kind of wood mold that, that was attacking people because it was mold that was attacking the wood from that he used on Stradivarius violins or I didn't really I was like what and it looked like ketchup and mustard on the floor I don't know and then this woman she somehow falls in a hole and then she comes out and she's fully enveloped in this bumpy mold I whatever it, it was fine it you know she looked she looked like she was covered in ketchup and mustard which is whatever but there's a few moments there at the end when the killer has his violin. He pulls out his violin, and you're like, are you going to pull the switchblade violin? Is he going to do it? And then he flicks the blade open, and you're like, yeah, and you know, I was cheering about it. But And then it turns out somehow that like because that he acquired, the one of the guys from the band, the drummer from the band acquired this cursed sheet music, and because he didn't play it backwards, um, something happened, and he wasn't, they were forced to live, and in hell because of the girl who killed her mother and she's her the house that they're in is hell and she's forced to relive the events of that night over and over and over and over again and she can't break the spell and Donald Pleasance is in it and he was a in you know I I don't even know but you know it's one of these things where they don't they don't tell you what's any of this is happening and you think that like you think it's just like they played the sheep music the cursed sheep music and then they unleash Paganini and he comes out and he's killing everybody because they unleashed him. And you don't find out to the end that it's really just like it's ha- the house is literally hell. And you're trapped in a different dimension. All these weird things are happening. And there's nothing really to uh, tip the audience to that. There's no breadcrumb, breadcrumb trail of a subtext that lets you in on that. So at the end, you're just kind of like, yeah, okay, what? And, then, and it's like this one whole sequence where they explain everything to you at the very, very end. And it, it, it works. It works for that universe. And I don't, I, I don't know. Normally in a film, if that were to happen, you would just be like, this is ridiculous. Think of the, like the movie Us, for example. That completely happens. Like uh, that movie, I was with the movie Us, or the, what was it? The, the Us, right? I was with that movie uh, all the way until that moment where they go underground and they meet the duplicates or whatever, and then she explains, you get this exposition dump right there. And that's why I don't understand why everyone's saying Us is the greatest horror film of the 20th century or whatever. Us and Get Out are amazing. Okay, whatever. What about the exposition dump? What about that? I, I was completely with it up until that moment. I, I, I would have really wanted to see that story that that woman, that, that woman character told in that moment was way more interesting than anything that was had happened thus far in the story and, and, and us anyway, but Paganini horror, they don't clue you in any of the, the, the twist in the end. I didn't pick up any of that. And I was mostly paying attention to the movie and that is whatever. So that happens. And Donald Pleasance, um, whatever he, he's, he's great. And, and again, that was the only kind of shame about it is Donald Pleasant about, about, um, removing the original audio track or not shooting with an audio track at all because you don't get the great performance of Donald Pleasance. His voice is so iconic. So one of the most iconic voices in horror. And I did miss that a lot. 
because they overdubbed it with another dude, some guy. And I was like, oh, man. You know, like that, it kind of sucked a little bit, right? And I guess you would think for 1988, they would have they been past that time of, of recording it with no audio for international release. But they were still doing it then for whatever reason. I, I don't know why. You know, I'm not a fact guy. I, I don't know this stuff. I'm, I'm sort of actually learning a lot about these films as I do this show. So it's kind of a shame. It's kind of a shame that they don't have that, his performance. You know, it was good. No matter what he does, it's good. So, but in, and in the in the deleted scenes, there's some deleted scenes in an alternate ending, which I loved. I thought they were fantastic on the disc. There's the sequence where they show, there's a lot of like outer space shots of like planets and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Maybe they thought it was too chintzy. Maybe it just didn't fit. But I would have loved to have seen those restored and inserted somewhere into the film. That would have been fantastic because they were so weird and very trippy. And I, that's like the trippiness, the psychedelic, psychedelia. These, these nightmarish sequences are my favorite parts of Italian horror films where you're they're leading you along and you experiencing it with them and all of a sudden there's a hard left turn and you're like wow you know what the hell just happened i love that about italian horror i love italian horror that's not afraid to take chances and just be what it is that's why i love i love paganini horror for all of its low budget fun simple glory i love that this guy was able to write his film and get it made the way he wanted to have it made that's why i adore all these movies on my shelves because these filmmakers were able to get their vision onto film. And that's really hard to do. Um, And I really appreciate it. So I will always find something good to say. And I love every single film that I buy for all their shortcomings and all their imperfections and all all the ways that I pick them apart and all of this that I find wrong with them or, or strange about them. There's a million more things I find good about them. And a million more reasons to love them and, and rewatch them and keep them on my shelves forever and be proud to display them and recommend them to friends and watch them with people and have fun with them. So Paganini Horror was great. Oh, and then, like, I forgot. The the twist at the end of the, from the deleted scene was that Donald Pleasance's character was actually Paganini himself, I think. I think because he... He, like, puts on the Paganini mask or he does some takes it off. Some shit like that. And I was like, what? Because they never really show... They never show who Paganini is. Oh, and Paganini, the killer, he's wearing this the most ridiculous costume ever. Um, It looks terrible. Terrible face. Terrible, <laughs> terrible costume. But I think that if they would have a little bit better uh, face for the killer... If he was a little scarier, if he was, a, if it was a little more well done, better sculpted mask would have been a slightly more effective. But I like how weird that movie was, and the idea and they did something original with the the mold, the wood mold. I've never heard of a killer wood mold in a film before. I really appreciated that it, it kind of dared to be different, and the fact that it it is so hard to find and and. At least it was up until now, until 2019 when it was released, re-released. It's kind of a shame. 
because I think this movie should be a lot more popular. And I was wondering, like, what is it about these movies that make them become memes? Obviously, Troll 2 had some really preposterous moments. And even as a kid, the movie stuck with me. I saw it when I was young, young. And uh, there's so many things that stuck with me. I was such a fan of the original Troll. And uh, John Carl Beekler, too. All his special effects from Ghoulies and everything else. And I I loved the, the high fantasy aspects of Troll Sonny Bono and all this stuff and you can't tell me that uh, Harry Potter wasn't stolen from the movie Troll because that's where I knew the name Harry Potter from I've never been a Harry Potter series fan but the only Harry Potter that I recognize is Harry Potter from Troll that's just how I feel Um, but I love that and I understand why Troll 2 became a meme and movies like Samurai Cop became a meme and all that but I think there's definitely some other films out there that have that meme quality, that viral quality. Paganini Horror could definitely be one of them. I think it's criminally underseen and criminally underrated. So I don't know the availability of Paganini Horror. I don't know if it was limited and you can't find it anymore and it's a zillion dollars on the black and secondary market. I don't know. But... um I hope you can get a copy of it. I know that it's free on YouTube, and you can watch it on there. I just sent a link to someone today. I said, hey, check this out. It's amazing. You can't miss this. So it's 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 available remastered on YouTube, as I think all these older, old movies should be. If it's over 35, 40 years old, 30 years old, it should be free for everybody to watch. I believe that. So so check it out. Check it out on YouTube. If you, Anywhere else. Buy it from Severin for sure. Support that business. Because I want them to keep making, restoring these films and putting them out for me to enjoy. But if you can't find it anywhere else, if it's too expensive, if some dick has scalped the price to the ceiling, watch it free on YouTube. And I don't know. We'll see what else is next. I don't even... um, we did those. We did those two. Maybe a Santo movie, or I've got some Kino down there. Maybe like an action film. I thought about doing Cop Game. We'll see. Oh, I have. Uh, I think I have the the Ultra Special Edition eighty eight films short circuit two that I love. I'll watch that. I have that weird Wisconsin box set from Arrow. Also have he came from the swamp over there. But the weird Wisconsin uh, Arrow box set is very near and dear to me because I do live in Wisconsin. And um, the idea that this dude had a a film studio way the hell up north on his property and just made these whacked out movies, you know, in the middle of freaking nowhere, Wisconsin, is very inspiring to me. You know, it's kind of a a bygone era, of course. No, you can't. maybe Maybe you can do that these days. I don't know, but... The fact that he was able to do that, it's very special to me. I love that idea. So, But next to that on my shelf is Vengeance Trails, a western, some Fulci westerns. I don't know. Maybe it's more of a summer thing, western movies. But there's a lot of stuff I do want to watch again. I was like, there's I have some uh, Caliber 9 is over there that I absolutely love, Italian crime film, some stuff like that. So, anyway, thanks for uh, wasting some time with me today. 
maybe you maybe you'll check out eyeball maybe you'll check out paganini horror um well, before i go i will i will the whole point of this too is to think about look at some of the the features on this collections i can't i can't forget to do that um the special features on the the eyeball are the brand new 2k transfer of the film the film is capitalized for some reason. Restored and regraded from the original elements. All eyes on Lindsay, the life and times of the Italian exploitation titan. Brand new feature-length documentary, 80 minutes, detailing the work and legacy of Rome's most prolific grindhouse nightmare maker. Features never before seen interview footage with Lindsay himself. And comments from critics John Martin and Rachel Nisbet. And some other stuff here. Da-da-da-da-da. Uh, Eyeballs on Martine Brochard. Interview with actress Martine Brochard. Eyeball locations featurette. Audio commentary by the stereo continues. Eyeball trailers. Versible sleeve featuring alternative Italian artwork. Now, the Paganini Horror uh, special features has the soundtrack, which I think is cool. Played again, Paganini. Interview with director Luigi Cozzi. Devil's Music. Interview with actor Pietro Genuardi. Deleted scenes and alternate ending. Trailer. But the soundtrack in here is super cool. Original motion picture soundtrack on CD. 17 tracks. And you know what? I love listening to this stuff. I love listening to Italian horror soundtracks. My Spotify is filled with Italian crime music and horror music and the only sad thing is like nowadays new macbooks they don't they don't come with this optical drives you know i'm a mac guy so i have an external blu-ray drive optical drive and it's just so clunky to carry around and it's kind of a shame so you know um but this is definitely worth it. the soundtrack is fantastic to this i play this in my car from now on it's great so yeah check those out uh yeah join me maybe tomorrow maybe today probably later today i'll do another episode i'll watch a couple more movies it's a long day it's almost christmas uh buy some movies for your loved ones or buy some for yourself don't tell anybody